Welcome, everyone, to another episode of From the Stands, the Cool Pick Show. On today's episode, we are going to be chatting with NHL alumni Matt Stajan on his hockey career, what it was like to play with the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Calgary Flames, uh, talk about his experiences, especially a conversation between him and Matt Sundin around shaving their head and the tradition that lied around that. Um, so we will get to all of that. Uh, and more. Uh, but before we bring Matt on to chat, we would, of course, like to thank our sponsors, uh, Matt Creative and Matthew DeCastro for their artwork that you see for the show, as well as Jay Salty Photography for their uh, extra work that they do for the show around the videography. Uh, so without further ado, let's get Matt in and start talking some hockey and find out more about this head shaving situation. All right, Matt Stajan, how are you today, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for taking the time to chat. How are things out in your neck of the woods? Good, good. We're uh, living in Calgary, so um, it's been it's been a good fall so far. And uh, kids are in school. We're kind of everybody's feeling their way through these times. So, um, but can't complain. Everything everything's everything's going good with our family. So, um, yeah. Great. That's the most important thing, especially with COVID and, and there's so many questions around it. It's as long as family's healthy and good, that's, that's the most important thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's, um, it's just crazy times for everybody, right? It's, it's like a day to day. You're just kind of trying to figure everything out. Um, but all you can do is, is respect everybody's opinion on things and be as safe as you can be within your household and with your family and make your own decisions. And, um, we'll all get through this. I feel like our country's done a, a pretty, pretty decent job with everything. Um, when you look at maybe some other countries, so we're pretty fortunate that way. Yeah, for sure. Um, now let's hop into it and talk about some positive sides and about your career within the NHL. Um, the first question I had for you is when did you know that hockey was the sport that you had a passion for and wanted to make a career out of? Um, well, right from when I was a, a kid, I don't know, maybe, from whenever I could even remember, I have pictures of when I was even like two or three years old holding a mini stick. So um, it was there right from the start. Um, obviously, it's always a dream when you're that young. You never know, you know, how your path is going to be in life, uh, let alone in hockey. But um, it was always a dream of mine. I loved the Maple Leafs growing up, um, and uh, my whole family is a big Maple Leafs family. And, you know, it just kind of, as you get older, you know, things happen and you keep your dream, but, uh, you know, a lot of things have to kind of, um, go a certain way and you got to overcome a lot of things. And, and, um, when you get your opportunity and, and, uh, you get older, um, you gotta try and make it count and hopefully people take notice. So it's, uh, it's been a long journey when I look back, um, now that I'm done, but, um, definitely right from when I can ever remember, I had a, a mini stick in my hand uh, playing mini sticks in our basement hey man the way that the Leafs are looking year after year right now as much as like they get to the playoffs they're they need some extra pieces you can fit right back in there <laughs> yeah I, you know what I, I after my contract was up with the flames it was kind of um I was at the point where you know you're 30 34 35 years old and, and that's old now in the NHL um wasn't when I first came to the league but it is now and um it was like, ah, well, maybe I'll have some some feelers here to play for league minimum somewhere throughout the league, um, and and you wonder. Um, but when when you're you don't get many phone calls um, other than to do a PTO and, and go that route because that's just kind of the way it's gone. 
um, you know, you kind of have to sit back and evaluate whether you um, take that chance of going on a PTO or um, which the percentage is, is it's low guys who make it off PTOs to, to have a full-time job for the next year. Um, or um, what we did, we went to Europe and, and made a, a great experience for, for our family to, to finish it off, which I'm really happy that we did it that way and kind of leave on your own terms. So, um, you know, I think that's the loaded question whenever anybody's done, you, you know, mentally you think you can play forever um, and you want to play forever. But, uh, and, and looking back, it would have been nice to go back and play Toronto, even in Toronto for, for another year. But, um, you know, the, the options weren't there and you take what's in front of you and, and make the best decision for your family. And, and we, uh, we had a great adventure in, in, uh, in Munich for a year um, and we got to experience some, some cool things with the family. That's really cool. And um, we're going to definitely talk about what it's like to play or to like kind of like leave on your own terms and, and post-career stuff. But I want to talk about your OHL career to start. You got drafted by what was uh, then the Belleville Bulls, which is now the Hamilton Bulldogs, and you played for them uh, for three seasons. What was the, like, uh, the feeling like for you to be drafted into the OHL and uh, kind of start your career off there? Yeah, honestly, it was relief um, because – I didn't get drafted um, my first my first year of eligibility. My first year was was uh, of eligibility was the first time they did a Bantam draft in the OHL. So there was twenty rounds, um, and I didn't get drafted. I uh, you know, twenty rounds went by. I didn't get drafted, and that would have been to play an underage year. But they're even drafting for for future years. Um, so I went back and played midget with with the team I was on, the Mississauga Senators, and and. Um, that year was, was huge for me in development because I was one of the top guys on the team. Um, you know, I got to play a lot and, and I gained a lot of confidence. I played high school hockey, had fun with that. I went to, to Iona and in, in Mississauga and we had a really good high school team when high school hockey was still uh, a respectable thing. And um, you know, I, had, I had a fun year. I gained a ton of confidence. And, um, and because scouts were coming to see guys who had, they had already drafted from the previous year, um, we had Paulo Koliakova was our goalie and he had been drafted by Belleville in the Bantam draft. Um, so I was on their radar come the next year and um, myself and my buddy, Matt Foy were in the same situation. We both got drafted. He went to Ottawa 67s and I went to Belleville early in that next draft, but we were a year behind everybody. So we weren't even able to go play an underage year. And that's why I only played three years of juniors because I missed that underage year. Um, so it kind of, it was a little bit of adversity early in my career looking back. And, uh, you know, but when you did get, when I did get drafted, it was draft was actually at Hershey center in Mississauga. It was, uh, it was relief. Cause I was like, okay, now I have a, a path uh, that I can follow through with. And, um, and I was excited to go to Belleville. Now the def- like adversity is such a big thing, especially in hockey because of how small the hockey community is. And it's, it's all about getting the right scout to look at you. And in 2002, talking about scouting, the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, ended up selecting you in the second round, uh, 57th overall. But being a local hometown boy from Mississauga, what was the mindset for you like being able to be drafted by the team that you ended up growing up watching ultimately? Oh, it was it was a dream come true. I, I you know, the draft was in Toronto um, that year. So I had a ton of family and friends down at the Air Canada Centre. And, um, you know, it was... I didn't think I was on the Leafs radar to tell you the truth. Cause, cause you do do um, a lot of, t- you do the testing and, and a lot of meetings with teams going into the draft. And I was rated 18th um, in North America. 
So when you add in the Europeans, I was probably projected to go later in the first round, early second round. Um, and I dropped to, to late second round to Toronto, but it was, I was really excited about that because it was Toronto. Um, but I never had any meetings with the Leafs, um, with any of their management team. Um, and I had meetings with like 17 other teams. So, you know, I, I think it just kind of, uh, Paul Dennis was the Leafs, um, was one of the guys that, that were working with the Leaf players and their um, young guys. And he had known me because I played with his son. Um, so he knew a bit about me and my upbringing, but that was pretty much it. So um, I had no clue that I was on their radar. And uh, yeah, and they, so when they selected me, it was a nice surprise and a, and a great moment for my family and friends to celebrate and, and take it all in um, because uh, obviously it was a big Leafs family. They, they're still, everybody still is. So um, it was an amazing moment for sure. That's great. And yeah, like let alone to get drafted into the NHL is huge, but like you said, for the to get selected by your hometown team that's just like beyond anything like it's like a priceless moment if with anything it is and and i saw i saw one of my one of my best buddies carlo coyacovo go first round the next year the year before sorry so i got to experience that and, and see him go through it all um and then i i you know experienced it the next year in the second round you know in toronto um so it was it was exciting and uh yeah, it's, it's one of the things you look back on and um, you just really, you know, you smile at that moment because uh, it's, uh, it's crazy how it all works out, but it's such a, a, a classic and, and um, surreal moment, really, when I still look back at it. Now, we had a fan question coming in asking about what it was like to play in Toronto. There's obviously with a lot of hockey towns, but more so uh, it seems for Toronto for some reason, there's the large scale market, there's all the media scrums, um, like there's so much hype around Toronto, uh, like now, but even more so back in the day, what was it like for you to be able to play in Toronto with that large scale market, with those large media scrums and kind of game in around that in your first few years? Yeah, it was, it's difficult for sure. When I, when I look back, I'm like, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, but that's all I knew coming in really. So I, um, you know, you just embrace it and you learn how to deal with it. It really helps you grow up fast um you have no other option if, if you want to survive you gotta um, we always hear the term be a pro uh, you gotta learn to be a pro pretty quickly and pick your spots when you want to have some fun and and it's even more difficult today with social media and you know when when, I, when when the young guys go out i'm sure it's all over social media if someone snaps a picture of them so um it you know it helped me grow up quickly and and it helped having you know my family there uh you know because i could get away from just hockey, um, you know, because you're, you're hockey centric. When you're in the NHL, everything's hockey, hockey. When you go home, you want it to be um, a little bit of a break. But in Toronto, that's hard. But I did have my friends and family there to kind of lean on. And um, and I was one of the only younger guys on the team my first year. So I um, did get to have that for me where if I'm in a different city, I don't have that um, outlet to, you know, call one of my buddies up that I grew up with or one of my cousins and just have a, a usual um, casual lunch. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's something that helped groom me to be, um, the person I am today and, and the player I was and how I was in, in the dressing room and how to deal with things. And then when you're older, how you can help the young guys, um, cause you've, you've seen it at, at, a, at the height that it can be in the NHL and Calgary is still Canada. It's still, um, you know, you're, you're pretty much in the, the center of the city when it comes to 
to sports and, and celebrity status and, and all that, but it's not anything close to Toronto. So, um, you know, you, you really, you can put perspective on things. Um, you don't really know what it's like to play in Toronto until you play there. And uh, I'm glad I got to experience it. And it, it definitely helped me to, to do it early in my career um, to help, help me be the person, the player I became and, and how I was in the dressing room as I went on. Yeah, it's definitely Calgary is a whole other kind of battle. And, and Calgary is actually, I, I've sadly only been to uh, three uh, Canadian uh, hockey rinks in, with Toronto, obviously, uh, but also Ottawa and Winnipeg. And my goal is to hopefully reach out to the, go to Calgary and, and also the other hockey uh, rinks as well and uh, to be able to see games there. You only have a few more years because they're building a new rink here. Well, they're supposed to be. Um, so you probably have four or five more years if you want to see the Saddle Dome. It's, uh, it's the oldest rink in the league now. So it's, it's, it's quite the, the in-game. It's really cool. Obviously, the amenities behind the scenes are outdated. But uh, it's the Saddle Dome, right? It's, just, it's a cool building. I loved playing there. Um, just as I loved playing at the Air Canada Centre, Scotia, Scotia Bank Arena, whatever it's called now. So um, definitely... I would I would encourage people to see the different uh, arenas and and atmospheres throughout the league, um, but definitely in Canada. Um, Canada is obviously a great place for for any hockey fan, and and then uh, there's some in the states that are obviously great atmospheres to to experience. Like if you can get to Las Vegas, that they do it right there. That's a a great uh, environment to watch a game, to play a game, um, and you're in Vegas. Um, so yeah. that'd be another one. Nashville's great, um, but do the Canadian cities. And then, uh, yeah, there's, there's a few other spots, Chicago. There's a few other ones that are really high on the list that definitely separate themselves from, from most of the rinks. That's incredible. Now, which was one of your favorite rinks to play in? Um, I always loved, like, uh, coming back to Toronto uh, as a Calgary Flame, I loved it. Um, you know, I just maybe just because I had the connection to the rink because I played there with the Leafs, so you had that emotion. Um, I always seemed to play well there. Uh, but um, if I had to pick one rink, um, I always like playing Edmonton at the Rec, their old rink, the Rec Hall, but they, they got the new one now. Um, Montreal, playing in Montreal as a Leaf was definitely my favorite road rink as a Leaf. Yeah. Um, and Ottawa was always nice. Even Buffalo, I liked playing on the road as, as a Leaf, even though Ottawa and Buffalo were such good teams at that time. Um, so you remember these spots, um, but I'd say Montreal and uh air canada center or scotia bank um arena are probably two of the best and then in the states i'd say chicago vegas and nashville would be my top three well there you go once, once msg too i can't I can't leave out msg there's, there's so, you know what you 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 kind of get it's funny because people ask that i'm like man there's so many cool things that you experience as a player and when you're in it you don't always take it all in but when you're done you look back and you're like man that was cool to play in that rink when you watch a game there you're like you know, that's special. So it's, it's a hard question to answer, but to give just one, cause I'm like, there's so many. And then you think about the moments you've had in them. Um, so it's, it's cool. Uh, you know, being an NHL is the best job in the world. It was my dream, but um, very fortunate to, to have all these memories of these uh, great atmospheres and arenas to play in. Now talking about those memories and those uh, experiences, uh, looking back ahead of the uh, kind of debut with Toronto, uh, in April of 2003, you made your pro debut with the St. John's Maple Leafs, uh, shortly followed up by the call by Toronto the following night where you scored your first NHL goal with them. How excited were you to be able to not only have that call up to the Leafs, 
but then to get your first NHL goal and kind of get what some call the pressure out of the way uh, towards that kind of achievement. Yeah, it was it was a whirlwind week. Probably, I, I you know to backtrack, I I played in in three leagues in um, in less than six days or five days. So I played in the OHL uh, on the Tuesday. We lost in Game Seven to St. Mike's um, at the small St. Mike's Arena there. And uh, two days later, I signed my first pro contract and um, got sent to St. John's to play on a Friday night. And then uh, they didn't make the playoffs. Um, so after that game, I got called up to play for the Leafs the next night, um, which uh, happened out of the blue. And because obviously I was in St. John's and George Street, and we hear all about the fun you can have there. And the team had played their last game, and I was out there with with the team, having some fun. And it was a late night on George Street, and uh, I didn't know I was getting called up till I woke up the next day. I had a message on my hotel room because cell phones weren't as uh, relevant as they, they are now. So I'd, I was told I had a, a flight to Toronto at, you know, two o'clock or one o'clock. And I um, went the time change. I didn't land till like five in Toronto. And um, yeah, I went straight to the ACC and played the game. So it was, it was a whirlwind of a week and I, I didn't have a lot of time to think or prepare for that first game, which probably a good thing because there was less nerves. There's still nerves when you're in there, but it was, less time to think everything and overthink things. Um, Cause before you know it, I was, I was playing, you know, hockey night Canada for the Leafs against Ottawa. And um, you know, I'm sitting in the dressing room with, with Matt Sandine and Ed Balfour and um, kind of pinching myself. So it was quick and, uh, but it definitely helped, uh, you know, jumpstart my, my pro career because I got that first goal right out of the way. And that summer I had so much confidence when, I was training and, and getting ready for the next year's training camp. I knew I could play at that level and I had a really good camp the next year to, to make the team uh, uh, full time. You know, talking about Matt Sundin and along with some of the other players that you did end up playing with, um, one of the um, questions that we had from a fan that came in was when you joined the Leafs, there, there's also, there's always those great conversations like, Hey, welcome to the team. I'm so-and-so that this is going to be your role, uh, things like that. But one of the, the known conversations I think is a little bit out there is your conversation with Matt's around some facial hair and some head hair. And apparently the story goes that Matt's, uh, said for you had to shave your head. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the story around uh, shaving your head and, and kind oh, of like yeah. yeah, you know what? It's, it, it wasn't my first year, Matt, because my first year, Matt still had hair. Um, he was hanging on. And then after that lockout year, he came back and he, he has the, the shaved head that, that he's, you know, it's just that's him now. You, you just know him with, with the shaved head. And um, I was thinning pretty young. Um, so as we were playing, um, he was like, stage, I went through this. Uh, you're going to have to shave it eventually. Just do it now. And, uh, and like anybody who's losing their hair, you know, you, you try and hang on. And, um, and as the story goes, it took me until you know, I came to Calgary before I, I uh, shaved it fully. So it's pretty, you know, looking back, I tell the young guys on my team, I'm like, you know what, if you have a full head of hair, rock it. But if, you know, I think the way to go is to, to just shave it off. And, uh, and, and I wish I did it right away and actually my first game with the Leafs I had a shaved head um that hockey night game I did an interview I looked I saw it and because we had done Mohawks in my junior playoffs so I had a shaved head coming to the ACC my first game I'm like 
if I could go back, I would just rock that right from there. No one would know me any other way, but it's, uh, it's pretty funny because, uh, um, when you see me with hair now, I, I, I kind of look funny, but in Toronto, that's how people knew me. And, um, you know, but, uh, you know, we, we, that's the thing about kind of Toronto and, and the, the dressing room I had there with all these, you know, you have leaf legends like Matt Sundin and I got to play with Chris Joseph at one point and, you know, Darcy Tucker and Brian McCabe, Ty Domi. Um, they're all such good guys. And I got to room with Joe Newendike my first year and Gary Roberts was there. So I, I you know, I, was a shy young kid coming in. Um, and I learned so much just by watching these guys. Like I would just look around the room and I would just kind of sit in my stall my first few years and, and, and kind of take it all in. Like how, how these guys are, are um, you, know, you have fun and I'm the young guy and, and the rookie and you're going to get, um, you know, the rookie treatment that, that I think comes with it, um, which is all fun. Um, but I also learned so much and these guys are so helpful. Uh, even if they don't think it, they were helpful just by me being able to, to see how to how, how what what need to be done to be a pro and to play for a long time and um that's that's part of the reason I was able to adapt and play for as long as I did you know in yeah and and sorry sorry before I get to my next question uh yeah that experience and those those uh kind of like overviews of each game are definitely very important to be able to excel to the next level of your game uh who was one of your biggest kind of like mentors uh, playing with the Leafs that kind of helped you steer yourself in the right direction. Um, yeah, there's you take a little bit from everybody. Um, you know, I think I looked up to Matt so much. Uh, just watching him and talking, he's such a good guy, such a good captain, good, such a great leader. Um, but my first year, I did I did get to room with Joe Newendike, which um, nowadays you don't get to room with veteran guys. It's just guys get their own rooms. So. I think I was very fortunate for that. And it was just the one season, but we went to the playoffs. We, we beat Ottawa in the first round. And, um, and I was watching Joe or new, I should call him, uh, go battle through a back injury. And, you know, so I'd be in the room and, and just the things he would do in our hotel room to make sure his back was feeling, you know, ready to go for games just so he could get by uh, and be a part of, uh, you know, day by day. Um, it really, you know, opened my eyes. Like, you know, you're going to, if you want to play a long time and be really good, you got to do the extra little things. You got to take care of yourself. Um, and just talking to him was, was so beneficial. Um, so I'd say him and, and then obviously Gary Roberts, you know, was on the room, was on the team and we know about his health and, and training and, um, him with, along with Matt Nickel, who's the, was the strength coach at the time. Um, you know, it just laid a foundation for me to, to work with Matt Nickel and, and, um, see the importance of, not just getting stronger and, and, you know, you, you're doing your regular training, but how to maintain and, and stay healthy and, and, um, you know, play for a long time because longevity is such a overlooked thing when you're in the moment. Um, and if you can play for uh, a long time and take care of yourself and get the extra few years at the end, you know, that's huge. And, and, um, they really, you know, Matt Nickel really helped me, uh, put a blueprint for, for what I need to do for myself to, to play for a long time and, and put me in the right mindset to have good routine and, and be a pro at a young age. Yeah. And we're going to talk about how long your career was in a few, in a short little bit. Um, but in January of 2010, I want to talk about your trade to Calgary from the Leafs. Um, everyone goes through being traded differently. What was it like for you um, to go from, again, a team you grew up watching and playing on to ultimately having to travel across the map uh, to continue your career with the Flames? Yeah, it was difficult. Um, 
you know, I was, uh, you know, looking back, it was, you know, it worked out and, and I really, we live in Calgary now. Like I, I'm so happy the way everything worked out, but it was a difficult day, uh, difficult, like half year, even longer. Um, I loved being a leaf. Um, I was playing well, uh, it's getting great opportunity. And, and I, I was, I was one of the leaders in that dressing room and obviously the team was going through a rebuild. So, and I was becoming a UFA. So I knew that there was a chance that a good chance that I'd be moving on. Um, cause they're looking to get draft picks and all that, but it was, it was, it was a tough pill to swallow because you know, it's all I knew. I grew up a leaf fan and, uh, to, for me to say I wasn't upset at all would be a complete lie. I was, I was really upset. Um, you know, but you always take, you know, positives from a situation. Um, so the quicker I could turn to, you know what, I'm going to Calgary, a, a great city. Um, you know, we got Mike, Mika Kiprasov in that, Jerome McGinley. You know, you look at the positives and, and you try and, um, you know, just focus on that. Um, there's no point in dwelling on, on, on what, what happened. Um, you look to your future and, and what it's going to bring. And, and then I loved my time in Calgary. So it was uh, difficult and it took me a, a lot of time in Calgary to find my way um, because I always was a two-way player. And I think in Toronto, people knew that. Um, and I was playing more of an offensive role when we lost Matt Sundin and we were going through that rebuild. I was getting more power play time and I was able to put up over 50 points a few seasons. So, um, you know, the per perception when I came to Calgary was, well, this guy's going to be like the top center and, and the offensive guy, but that was never my game. And, uh, so it took a little, t little bit of time, um, you know, to, to find my role in Calgary, um, cause you're kind of thrown into situations and people want results right away. And, and, uh, it just didn't happen. It, it took, took uh, a while for me to find my way here cause it was change and, and I found it difficult. Um, you know, getting traded mid season is difficult enough. And, um, but I really did, uh, struggle with it for a few years. Now the, the positive side about going to Calgary is like you said, it was difficult at first, but you ended up getting a boost, uh, with your role, uh, a couple of years into the club during the 2012-13 season when Bob Hartley came in um, as the new coach and he was kind of looking at guys to boost roles. And how was it for you to know that the organization had a lot of confidence in your ability to kind of further lead them to success after that role? Yeah, it's uh, what well, it was a fresh start for me because it didn't go well my first year and a half in Calgary. Um, Brent Sutter, um, you know, didn't, he saw me a certain way, you know, a coach can see a player and, it, you know, can look at a player and one coach could think one thing, another coach can think another thing. And Brent definitely didn't have a lot of confidence in, in, in my game. And um, I was kind of pushed to the side by him for a long stretch. And, but by the end, I, I felt like I won Brent Sutter back. Um, I was in his good books um, late in his last season with us and I was playing well. Um, and so when he left, I was kind of like, Oh, it took me you know, a while just to, find my way because I was starting to play a lot with them and, and playing well. Um, so it's kind of a little bit like ah, if Brent comes back, I'm, he, he sees me differently now. Um, took two years to get there, but it, it finally got there. But then when Bob came in and, and the team went in a different direction, it was a fresh start for everybody. And for a guy like me who was, um, you know, for the most part struggling with the previous coaches, um, you know, I took advantage of that. I was given an opportunity and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you, you got to run with your opportunities. Um, that's, that's one thing, you know, people can say, Oh, you got to be lucky. You got to be, well, you gotta, you gotta work for your luck. And when there's an opportunity there, you got to make it count. And, um, when the new coach staff came in, uh, 
I was really leaned on um, to be a leader in the room. And it kind of paved the way for the rest of my career to, to be that guy in the Flames organization, in that dressing room. And um, that's just part of my journey that, that, that was my NHL career. And touching on what you said earlier, it's all about adversity and gain over that adversity and, and kind of just furthering your, yourself in that role as best as you can. Yeah, like, you know, we're all, every player in the NHL, it, it's, it's competitive. Um, we're all alpha males. You all want, you all want to play uh, as much as you can uh, in certain situations. You know, I think uh, we're all stars in junior. You don't get to the NHL if you're – very few guys get to the NHL if they're just average in the OHL or average in NCAA. you got to be a star. So you're coming to the NHL and you got to find a role. Not everybody's going to come to the NHL and be on the power play. Um, and nowadays you, you get the guys coming out of junior and they're getting more of an opportunity offensively. When, when I came into the league, it was you start on the fourth line and you worked your way up. Um, and that's why I was able to start so young because I was very defensive, you know, so conscious defensively. I could, I could play on the fourth line at a young age and, and be effective. Um, but later in my career, it was, it was complete opposite. And uh, I had to embrace my, my fourth line role. I was, you know, I was told I was playing second, third line for a bunch of years. And, and we got, then we got Sean Monaghan and Michael Backlund coming into their own. And um, we draft Sam Bennett and um, it was, you know, accepting and, and um, being the best uh, you can be at, at, at the position you're, you're given. And, um, you know, there's no point of pouting. Um, you, you, you just try and make the most of it. And that, that's just the outlook I always had in it, on it. There's 700 jobs in the NHL, and um, I had one of them. And there's always people trying to take your job. It never ends. And uh, you got to just try and be the best version uh, of your – of yourself as you can be and whatever role you're given, make the most of it. Um, and to say there was, there wasn't tough times. There definitely were tough times. There's disagreements you have with, with coaches and, and um, every player goes through that, but you can never let it affect, uh, you know, you as a teammate, you can always be a good teammate. You can always, um, you know, do what's best for the team and uh, accepting your role and, and going with it definitely is advice I would give any young young hockey player um if we all could score 50 goals a year we'd all want to but it doesn't happen that way you know guys are blocking shots to survive in the league um guys would fight to survive in the league that's changed a bit now um but you know you do what you have to do to survive and and um i really had a, an awareness for that um throughout my career and that's that's a big reason um when i look back that i was able to to play as long as i, I could now, quoting the great Sean William Scott from the movie Goon, you'll do what your team needs you to do. If you need, if you need to bleed for your team, you'll bleed, you know? hundred percent. hundred percent. And <laughs> hey, that, that's the mindset you got to have, really. When you look at these teams, you know, that are, are winning and are in the play, playoffs and uh, going to the Stanley Cup finals, like you see players, they, they're playing roles they don't necessarily love playing, um, but they do it because they want to win. And um, there's no, and we've seen that with, with even team Canada, like just look at team Canada. There was a stretch where they would take the two way guys to play, um, you know, a checking role on the team. They would bring like Draper and, and those guys, which yeah, it makes sense. But what they've been doing recently is they take the, the most skilled and, and the stars of the world and you, you make your lineup and, and then those guys are getting put in, in a role on that team. Um, you're seeing Joe Thornton or, um, you know, certain guys play different roles than they would on their regular club team. And Canada's been, you know, heavy favored. They've been so solid in all the 
the international events since they've done that. So um, it's no different at the NHL level. I think uh, every guy in junior has a dream of playing in the NHL and thinks they're going to get there. And um, it happens for a very minimal amount, let alone kids growing up and playing minor hockey. It's uh, it's a small number. We all know that. So um, when yeah. you get your opportunity and your role, you, uh, you, you got to make sure you accept it and be the best you can be. But at the same time, be, be uh, always want more. You, right? you can't, can't just kind of sit back and fall into it. You still got to want more and, and push the people ahead of you and, and go about it that way. Yeah, definitely. And I, I have a couple more questions cause I, I don't want to, I know you're uh, on a bit of a timeline and I don't want to overkeep you. <laughs> oh, you're good. Um, you played over a thousand games uh, in the NHL and throughout your career, is there one or two games that I know it may be hard, but is there one or two that stand out as the most memorable ones for you? Yeah, for sure. My, the number one game would be um, game. It would be a playoff game where we came back. We played Vancouver in the playoffs here in Calgary, and we beat them in Game Six in our own building. And I scored with um, three minutes left in the game, the winning goal to clinch the series, um, and we were down three nothing. Uh, it was it was just an unbelievable game. It was Saturday night playoffs. Red Mile was rocking. Fans were day drinking all day. The rink was so loud. And we came back from three nothing to win that game, and I, I was able to score the the game winning goal. So that's definitely the one game that that stands out. Um, and I was playing a big role in the team. We were playing against the Deans all playoffs, so it was a very fulfilling moment for me, who who had played on you know pretty much my whole career. I, you know the teams I was on were were rebuilding, and um, we missed the playoffs by one point. So it was a, it was a grind for me just to get to the playoffs. And when we finally got there in Calgary in 2015, I. Uh, I really embraced it and was uh, ready to go. So that was, that was the biggest moment. Um, and then there's other more personal moments that you remember. Your first goal is a big one. Um, and then I had a moment with, with, uh, I scored a penalty shot in Edmonton after me and my wife had lost our, our firstborn son. Um, two games after coming back to play, I got a penalty shot and my first goal was a penalty shot in Edmonton at the Rexall, uh, which was just a great personal memory and, and moment for um, my family and, and, you know, just, you know, for life, you know, when you look at life in general and, and what, what's most important are your kids. That was definitely the most personal moment uh, of my career. Yeah, definitely. And, and my condolences to you and your wife on that, because uh, I remember watching, like just hearing about that story and I, I was heartbroken as anyone would be in that situation. And, uh, and yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's so hard to put into words. It's like, it's another one of those priceless memories where it's again, you score that goal and, and to the, to the average hockey fan or on any other given night, it's like, yeah, cool. He scored a penalty or a power play or a penalty shot. But, uh, or sorry, power play goal, but uh, but yeah, to that for that, it's uh, yeah, it's definitely like a highlight personal. Like, yeah, and it, you know what we and we were we're pretty we were pretty open about everything, and and just you know the hockey world, it was just it just gave us they embraced us and, and gave us they were so supportive, um, not just our team and our family, but like the whole hockey world was so supportive, and we see that a lot with with uh, when things in hockey and, and people are going through personal situations it was just like one big hug from from everybody and, and we definitely felt it as a family and, and we're so appreciative of all of that and it helped us uh you know get through some really tough times um you know and a lot of people uh, do go through that so we're trying to 
um, you know, show that support can be very helpful for, for anybody. Yeah, for sure. Um, now talking about something that you touched on a little bit earlier in the conversation, um, being able to leave the game on your own terms or, or to be able to step away from it on your own terms. Um, last year, it was just last year that you announced your retirement from hockey. How was it for you to step away from the game uh, on your own terms and kind of look back at your uh, tremendous and solid 15-year career? Yeah, it's it's never easy. I think anybody who goes through um, their retirement or when they're going to finish, uh, it's tough. Um, you, that's all you know, right? You play hockey your whole life. You get to the the top of, of the game. Uh, you know, you're playing the best league in the world for for a long time, and, and when it ends, it just kind of ends, right? You're, you're, there's no way to prepare for that. So it was just kind of you know having a lot of conversations with with my wife and 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 my agent and how we want to proceed with uh you know whether i want to give it one last shot with a pto or um or go to europe and and have a year or just end it end it right away um it was just kind of weighing your options so we uh we decided on on going to europe and and finishing off with a year there and experiencing the world and what a cool experience it is to play in europe it's uh it's really cool and i would recommend any any player who has the opportunity to to experience that for a year of their career because it is uh it is something uh that you know you don't really think of um so i'm happy with the way we did it um you know when you look at the numbers guys that go on on professional tryouts it's, it's very tough to make a team um or you got to get lucky with someone else having bad luck with injuries and um you know to get you know maybe an opportunity and even then the league's gotten younger and younger so it's just kind of seeing the situation and we we thought it would be best to go out that way on our own rather than my agent put it I don't want to see your name going across you know the ticker on TSN um, or Sportsnet saying that you know you got you got put out you got released from a pro tryout and that's the way your career ends that's uh it's not the way you want a, a career to end it, that's the way it usually ends because because you want to keep playing and you push and push and push but uh we thought it would be best to, to do it differently and we're really happy with uh with how it ended and and um other than you know not winning a stanley cup which is the ultimate dream for every hockey player um i can't ask for 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 a better career so i'm very thankful that's great and yeah what a career it was again 15 years in the nhl and obviously through those 15 years i my last question for you is you've gained so much advice so much knowledge uh, that from others that you've learned yourself. What kind of words of wisdom or advice would you want to give to the next generation of hockey players? Um, well, there's, there's a few things. I think, you know, the, the simple and most basic answer is, uh, you know, you got to work hard and believe in yourself. Um, you know, there's going to be tough moments, but if you believe in yourself, you can overcome anything. If someone doubts you and you believe in yourself, you'll overcome that. Um, so having the belief, uh, putting in the work, um, it's not just going to happen. You got to work hard and, and work for everything you, you get. Um, and then the last thing would be, be a good teammate. Um, and that's such a simple, uh, such simple advice, but just treat people the way you want to be treated and be a good teammate in the dressing room, be a team first guy. It goes a long way. Um, not just in hockey in life, you know, if everybody had that mindset, it would be, uh, a lot, lot uh, less stuff going on around in, in our world than, than's going on today. But, you know, in, in the profession of hockey, if you can do that and just treat people the way you want to treat it, be a good teammate, put the team first, 
um, you're going to last a long time because when you're going through down times or tough times, you're not playing well, um, or when you need an op- another opportunity, um, when people uh, appreciate you and, and see the character you have, there's more likely a chance that you're going to get another opportunity because people want that personality or want you um, to succeed. Um, so um, never lose sight of that. Um, you get people, people figure out quickly what your motives are. Um, people figure out quickly uh, if you're um, not in it for the right reasons, if you're selfish. Um, it's easy to see. I've been in a lot of locker rooms. It's easy to pinpoint it after a few days. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that's simple advice. It's, you know, I answered in a long way, but it's, uh, it's, it's fully loaded. Never lose sight of that. Because uh, at the end of the day in life, what do you want people to remember you by? You know, the 10 goals or 30 goal season you had? Or um, do you want your peers to be like, that guy was awesome in the dressing room. That guy was awesome to play with. He gave it his all every night. You want, you want that um, over just being a skilled guy who, who was able to score. Because at the end of the day, we're all skilled. You're at that level or you're playing at a high level of hockey. Yeah, definitely. And and I'm going to quote a, a musician this time. Like the great Kurt, Kurt Cobain said, I'd rather be loved for who I am than hated for who I'm not. Exactly. That, yeah. that, that's so, it's so simple, many. right? It's so yeah. simple, but I feel like people lose sight of that so quickly, uh, right? Especially uh, when you're getting, you know, paid a lot of money and playing in the NHL and you're in the spotlight. You know, it's sometimes you just got to step back, put things in perspective. And if you can do that, it, uh, it really helps. Uh, helps you know everything around you for sure well matt thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today um and to be on the show we really appreciate it um and we look forward to um hopefully being able to chat with you again in the future awesome well thanks for having me no problem take care all right special thanks to matt stajan for joining us today and thank you to everyone for tuning in to another edition of from the stands the cool Picks show stay tuned for next week's episode Uh, That will come out again next Wednesday. Until then, have a great week and we'll talk to you soon.